This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Perry Goldstein, joined as always by the lovely, intelligent, Maggie Loney and <laughs> Wiggy, why you laugh at that? And we are going to flip the script this week and talk about some NFL defensive prospects that we think fit the Packers' needs. But before we get started, Maggie, how you doing? Well, you just got back from vacation. I'm dying to go on vacation, but I have one soon. So hopefully, you know, once we wrap up the draft, things will uh, slow down a little bit. It's finally nice out if you live in Wisconsin or the surrounding areas. We finally are in the 70s. So it's been that's nice. lovely. Yeah. Summer in Wisconsin, absolutely the best time to be there. <laughs> absolutely the best time. I'm very excited for August. Uh, where are you going on vacation? Uh, we are going to Asheville, North Carolina. In June oh, fun. Where you guys had your birthday. honeymoon. Yeah, my 30th birthday because I'm. Don't say 30. it. Turning 30. Turning 30, young and flirty. Um, Okay, we're still a little bit on a vacation mode, vacation brain right now. But we are getting closer and closer to draft day. It is two weeks out, which I kind of can't believe. It's really snuck up on us. Packers have a bunch of pretty nice size holes uh, on this roster. We covered the offensive side of the ball, but... Lest us not forget the defensive side of the ball, because while Goot has done a lot of work in the draft over the last couple of years, basically since he took over uh, the front office, it's been a lot heavy on the, the defensive side. There is one position in particular that I think everyone is feeling the heat. Um, of like, we cannot walk into the season with the group that we currently have on the roster. And that is the safety position. So just a quick recap, because I think we've gone over this ad nauseum, but to put in perspective, the Packers picked up Darnell Savage's fifth year option. They are most likely allowing Adrian Amos to walk. And then they have Rudy Ford and Tariq Carpenter. Um, and Dallin Levitt resigned. Dallin Lovett resigned, but Dallin Lovett in my mind is special teams only. So I'm talking, and I guess Tariq Carpenter is too. So that is a group that you do not want to walk into this season with. They're not going to move any of their corners to the safety position as Matt LaFleur talked about at the coaches meetings. So they are going to need to fill this room up one way or the other. And I think one of the better ways is through the draft. So this doesn't scream to me like an amazing safety class, unfortunately. I think last year would have been the year yeah, to really. take safety for sure. They had choices all up and down um, the days and the rounds. But here we are. The Packers are going to have to use draft capital. Who would you love to see them take if they're going to use a draft pick on a safety? Yeah, I mean, as fun as it would be if Tavarius Moore was like the next Keyshawn Nixon or Rasul Douglas, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that was a depth add. So as far as I know, Brian Branch is like the only kind of consensus first rounder at this point, um, the safety out of Alabama. But I don't think this is really hot takey, but it just feels like the safeties in this draft class are poor relative athletic score testers. They're poor RAS testers because they're undersized. And I think mm-hmm. the same can be said about like the wide receivers, you know, they're very athletic prospects, but they test smaller 
So like Brian Branch, six foot, 190 pounds, but he's still only like a six relative athletic score because of his size. And a lot of the, like my favorite prospects in this draft, a lot of them are really undersized, which is really interesting because I think last year we saw a lot of like freaky athletes at the safety position. And this year there's just as good players, I think mm. probably not as strong from a depth perspective, depth perceptive as far as the class, but like, I, I just think this is a group of safeties that's testing lower and i don't think that necessarily means much for the packers because they have to take one regardless um they can't go into the season with what they have but their like freaky athletic traits don't really jump out at you like they did maybe last season and that makes me feel like the packers are not going to be high on any of these safeties because they put so much stock into that relative athletic score yeah and i mean i hope that there's still you know i I don't want them to get hung up on those numbers because we've seen that there's obviously plenty of good players that don't test very well, Mm -hmm. or you have players that have elite relative athletic scores that are freaky athletes and don't make it on the field. So, you know, it doesn't always translate, but yeah, there's like Brian Branch is the de facto safety one in this group and he's a six. So it's just interesting to, to see like what the Packers will prioritize and, I don't really see them taking a safety until the second or third round. And I think they're going to move around. Like I know Packers fans, like I'd be perfectly happy if they took Brian branch at 15 or maybe traded back into like the twenties to take him. Cause I don't think he'll be that high of a selection. I think you can get him in the twenties for sure. But yeah, I just, I think he might be the only safety that goes in the first round. I personally would not be happy if the Packers took Brian branch. That <laughs> feels super rich. Um, It's interesting because to me, the two biggest holes for this team are just not typically positions that I would be like pounding the table for, for the Packers to take in the first round, right? Tight end and safety. Those are just not, unless you're a, you know, Kyle Pitts freak athlete at number four, like you're not typically taking tight ends in the first round, nor do they usually pan out. And like, I was super high on Kyle Hamilton, right? He was like, I was like, He's amazing. If he falls, you have to take him. He hasn't done a whole lot, you know? And so it just makes you question whether or not you can find that nice talent in the later rounds. And I feel like that's where the Packers would prefer to go. But I know you do have a safety draft crush. So I'm going to give you the floor to talk about him. Well, yeah. So like just really quickly to wrap this up it's really interesting because like tight ends are the position that you want to develop right at the next level it takes a couple years um i saw today that there were 10 safeties with relative athletic scores over nine and that's the most in the 24 years that they've collected data for relative athletic scores like this is the year that if you need a tight end it's almost worth the gamble to take them early because they are so athletic and that's Mm -hmm. not normally the case with tight ends but the safety that i love that is very polarizing to Packer fans for obvious reasons. Um, is Sidney Brown out of Illinois? He's 5'10, 211 pounds. He has a, an elite RAS score. He's 9.66, a 40.5 inch vertical, 10 foot, 10 inch broad jump. Um, but he's kind of notorious for not necessarily always tackling the best. <laughs> which, hmm. uh, um, he fit right in. Yeah. So, I mean, when Joe Barry took over, he had one of the best tackling defenses in the entire NFL. And then his second season, nobody could tackle anything. So if we get like the first year Joe Barry defense, you know, I think a lot of those mistakes get cleaned up, but the thing you like about him is like, he played for the top scoring defense and the Illini, like 
He's a five-year collegiate pro. So, you know, he's got a ton of experience under his belt. Yeah. 10 career picks, 16 passes defense, led the Big Ten with six interceptions in 2022. Um, he's just really aggressive, which I appreciate. And I think that's kind of why he misses some tackles is because he's like too overzealous to the point of attack. But he's just always where he needs to be. Got some nickel experience as well, which, you know, the Packers are looking for. And he has pro football focus's highest graded safety and man coverage last season. So good. Let's get him and play only zone. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think there's something to be said for experience, right? You tend to be a little bit more polished. Um, However, when you're drafting a guy like that, you're likely getting someone who is nearing their ceiling talent wise, right? Like you're not taking this like young ball of clay and molding him into like what you'd like to see you're most likely getting like what you see is what you get with this guy um, with some level of, you know, NFL level coaching and training, et cetera. I love the idea of someone super athletic because I feel like you can always rein somebody back like, or teach them how to harness their aggression in a better way. You can't really teach someone to be aggressive if they're not inherently that way. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like his, I would rather his, then the flip side, um, it would be interesting. It would be interesting for me to see any of these safeties out there because they're most likely going to be starting for this team. If you right. get drafted, like you're going to be starting, whether it's like you said in the nickel to start, or you're just like a starting safety, they're getting thrown into the fire. And I think it's going to be one of those years where, and we'll move into the this position group after we talk about a few more safeties, but the Packers have a nice, a really nice trio, depending on when Eric Stokes comes back of like now at least, no, I wouldn't call Stokes a vet, but year three, like veteran corners who are going to have to, I think, cover up for some of whoever, whatever rookie is out there um, and their inevitable mistakes. Yeah. And I mean, I think, one of the things that I could see the Packers looking for at least. And, you know, these are just things that you've heard from scouts or analysts that have been like in their draft report. So I can't attest to a lot of this, but it sounds like at least what I've like read into things is that a lot of the safeties that we've heard that have met with the Packers are like very physical and very nasty. Mm -hmm. And they have that like aggressive demeanor. And it seems like one of those things that the Packers defense is always notoriously lacking. Like we've heard coaches get up to the podium when the Packers lose and talk about how, you know, they can play a little bit softer when they're behind or they just don't have like that quote unquote dog mentality. So like JL Skinner out of Boise State, Jordan Battle out of Alabama, like these are players that got up to the podium at the combine and said, like, I love to hit people like I would love to get paid to hit people. And I think that you've got Jair. You know, you've got players that want to do that. And I think that that's what they need as a safety who is willing to just want to go hit somebody. Because I don't know if Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos really like wanted to go hit people. Yeah. Amos was a really, I think, unique safety in that he was so stable and so consistent. Yes. And like really was able to direct, knew exactly where to be at the right time. And obviously all of that comes with experience. Amos is a hardened vet right he's been in the league for quite a number of years now and so it's something you can't teach you have to acquire but I think the Packers secondary even though he didn't play his best ball by any means this past season they're really gonna be missing that like level and style of play 
Because he also was, again, he had a down year, but has always also been the surest tackler, I would say, on in the secondary. Yeah, I agree. Are there any other, like, you know, or do you want to switch to the corners? Because I know there's a corner that you love, but I think that's kind of going to be the theme of players on this defense. There, There's obviously um, a couple Georgia prospects in here. I'm sure we'll talk about when we get to the corner position. But, yeah, just I think the theme for me with the safety class is that they have they're just not as freakishly athletic as what we've seen in the past. So if the Packers are interested in one, they're probably going to have to jump on it in the first. Like I, second round feels like maybe the sweet spot in that like yeah. 40-ish range. Yeah. We'll definitely have to see the way the board falls. Um, but yes, I think corner is an interesting question because do they need one? Need? I don't know. Should they take one? Yeah, I think corner is a position you should take in every single draft, every single year. The depth after the starting three, like, does get questionable, and they do need a nickel. Like, I think that should be the target of this draft. Um, I think they have a lot of options. There are a few positions, and we say this all the time, that I think the Packers really covet in the first round, and corner is one of them, right? I think the fan base would go berserk if they took a corner at 15, but if Christian Gonzalez fell to 15, right, I wouldn't be mad about it. I would not be mad about it Um, because, like I said, it's just always a position. You just can never have enough, right? It's – you just – and if you – get an injury like we saw with Stokes or even the Packers lost Jair for most of the season, you know, you need someone who can fill in. So, but I think this will be more of a year where they take one, maybe like third, fourth, fifth round later rounds. But like I said, the Packers get Christian Gonzalez, (laughs) sign me up. I love him. I love the way he plays. I just like Oregon's not a, not a program I think the Packers draft out of often. So I always kind of have that in the back of my mind. But when I watch him, I think of the season where the Bucks won the Super Bowl, the way like Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis played corner, just that really speedy, hard hitting, like, like we were just saying, aggressive, going to beat you up, love to tackle you style. But he has the like fluidity and like cover ability of Jair. And the combination of the two, I think he's going to be an absolute star. Um, And he's going to be able to thrive in pretty much any scheme he's placed in. Yeah. And I mean, we hope that it's nothing significant with Eric Stokes, but there's a lot of players that get these kind of like trajectory changing injuries. And, you know, you would think he's young enough in his career and the way that it sounds like his rehab is going, that he'd be able to fully recover. But, you know, Rasul Douglas isn't necessarily long-term. Jair, you just locked up for a long time. And the way that the pack tra- the Packers have done a lot of these contracts are kind of easy to get out of after a couple seasons. If the Packers, you know, like you said, one of the best players on the board falls to them at 15 or maybe even like the 12, 13 range, it wouldn't be surprising, I guess, to see them trade up. Um, another player that I have been keeping my eye on a little bit just because it would be kind of hilarious and it would fit is Keely Ringo because he's out of Georgia and it just feels like <laughs> it would be <laughs> fantastic 
Georgia prospect, high athletic score. Um, he's met with the Packers. He's got elite size, elite speed, elite athleticism. So I agree with you that I don't necessarily see the Packers taking a corner until day three. At least maybe that would be my my preference when there's other, you know, concerns on the board. But yeah, there's there's a lot of really nice corner prospects. You know, Devin Witherspoon from yes. Illinois, that defense was yes. fantastic. Joey Porter Jr., Penn State, one of the best on there. Deontay Banks from Maryland. So if some of these guys are sitting there, I can see the Packers being very tempted by them, knowing that you've got some flexibility then to play like, you know, Jair at nickel, or you can move your pieces around when you have so many chess pieces. Yes, absolutely. Those are also names that I've had on my radar. The Packers have not had a safety, or sorry, excuse me, have not had a corner come in for a top 30 visit, which I think is really interesting. Um, Historically, the Packers actually tend to draft guys that they bring into the building to visit. And I think when you look at, I mean, they've had three tight ends, um, four tight ends, sorry, uh, a few running backs, some safeties, and a bunch of guys on the along the defensive line, but no corners. So maybe they're also like, you know, feeling the way we feel, which is like, we know this isn't a need yet, but we'll see how the board falls. Um, I just thought that was interesting since that is like somewhat indicative of who they're going to draft on draft day. Yeah, and I mean, I think like last year was a good case study because it was Devontae Wyatt, but it was also like Romeo Dobbs. So there were guys that were day three picks that they had in the building and mm-hmm. um, a couple, I think, undrafted free agents the last couple seasons too. So like even if they're, you know, like the 300th ranked prospect, the Packers are still doing their due diligence because I think too, when there's like, you know, your top 30, top 50 prospects, there's a general consensus typically as far as like we think these kind of thoughts or attributes about these players and the ones you want to do the research on are typically the guys that you're taking in the later rounds because unless there's like character concerns or something that you want to get them in the building to figure that stuff out but I think a lot of it is like hey if you're available late is it somebody that we could see taking a flyer on and how do they fit 2400 sports is an odyssey company 